You are listening to Season 1 of The Grimoire, Aurora Grove by Forteller Games. Please like and subscribe to support this audio series and to be notified when new episodes are released. Visit ForetellerGames.com for more immersive gaming experiences. to There and Then here on WPHX Public Radio. I'm your host, Monica Dixon. Following up from earlier this week, the suburb community of Aurora Grove is grieving the loss of one of its foremost staunch conservationists and beloved philanthropist, Grant Connor. Last year, he was celebrated by the Aurora Grove local government for creating partnerships with local ranchers, businesses, and federal land grants to create a more welcoming and protective environment. Recently, Mr. Connor spearheaded the search parties that have been pervasive in the Whisper Mountains range over the last month, with the multiple ongoing missing person cases that have overcast the good work the family has done for the range. Unfortunately, off on one of these hunts, Mr. Connor succumbed to a heart attack. Survived by his wife and award-winning biologist, Dr. Marianne Connor, the pair were known for their climate change work and protecting the Whisper Mountains range where the two built and funded the Whisper Mountains Aurora Grove Biological and Ecological Survey. We will now go to my interview with Grant Connors back in 1995 when he began his initiative in conservation and his love of the land after a short break. This is There and Then on WPHX Public Radio. Mm, fuck! Dr. Mags to the rescue. I found this dried branch. It'll be a good crutch for you to walk with. And I got these two sticks too so we can split your leg. Mags placed the two sticks on the side of Scott's leg and wrapped it as tightly as she could. It wasn't the best splint she'd ever seen in person. Well, it was the only splint she'd ever seen in person. But it looked like it would help Scott walk, and that was all that mattered. Mags helped Scott to his feet and swung the dried wood under his arm to crutch his stance. Can you put pressure on it? Uh, not much, but this will help. Enough to walk, maybe. Could probably make it out of this ravine. Hopefully there's something close by, and I don't... I don't want to be here with whatever is smart enough to take a camera and fuck with us. Okay, pal. Here we go. We're gonna take it slow and get the fuck out of here. If we follow this bridge line, we should reach another trail before it gets too dark. And there's gotta be other people out here. We can find help and get you to a hospital. Sounds good. <laughs> this is gonna suck. It's a story, though. You can't deny that. <laughs> You just hold on to this flashlight, and I'll hold on to you. I don't give a shit about the story right now, Max. I just don't want to get eaten by whatever new fresh hell is out there. We'll make it. You just hold on to me, okay? And we'll get out, my guy. I, I promise. Okay, Max. Okay. Let's roll. The two followed the ridgeline as long, dark shadows spooled down from the mountaintops. The sun was setting and it was becoming difficult to navigate quickly throughout the terrain. But they didn't have time to think about that right now. The only goal was to get Scott somewhere safe and get out. The ridgeline eventually gave way to a large valley covered in glowing darkness. The remnants of the beautiful sunset covered the valley in shades of purple, blues, and elongated black. While fantastic, it also provided no cover to the pair. We can do this, dude. 
The map Allison gave us showed buildings just around that bend. Just don't look back. Let's just keep going. Max, one of those things is following us. Scott, keep moving, bud. We don't have time for this type of negativity. Fuck, 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 fuck! Run, Max! Run! Megs pulled Scott along as they raced down the slope valley. Pine trees dotted across the landscape until the clearing was behind them, and only a dense wood remained. It's getting close! Ah! Yeah, I got that, Scott. Just shut up and run! The two finally reached the porch steps of an abandoned shack. Meg slammed her shoulder against the front door until it finally gave way, and the pair fell inside, slamming the door behind them. Hold it closed. I'll, I'll find something for the door. The, the, the crutch! Use the crutch! Are they... gone. I've never been so happy that you sprained your leg. This crutch was clutch. <laughs> you okay? There are multiple of those fucking things. Did you see it? I only caught a glimpse through the door. I, 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 I don't know if I... What was it? I, 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 I don't know what I saw. The light's not that good. I've never actually seen a bobcat before, but I don't think they have claws or uh, shells. Shells? Maybe it was slick with something? I don't know. I, I don't know. Scott, what did you see? It looked like a giant fucking cicada, okay? Like, they, they, they come out of the ground and hang on trees and scream, right? That, that thing looked like a cicada, but huge and without eyes. But th that's impossible, right? Whatever that was, it's left us alone for now. But we can't stay here for long. I'm gonna just sit right here for a minute, have a little breather, and... Contemplate my life choices up till now. Also, to answer your question, yeah, I'm fine. I think I think it like nicked my good leg or something, but I'm good. Okay, okay. Let me look around this place. See if they have water or a better first aid kit. Then we'll reassess our commitment to the sciences, yeah? Mag searched the cabin and found no real structural damage. It seemed secure for the moment, and thankfully whatever was chasing them didn't burst through the thinly paned windows. She paced the single room, sifting through old boxes of maps and surveying books. A single lantern creaked and shifted above them, and dimly lit the room once lit. Lantern light danced across the antique rusted pickaxes and shovels that crowded the corner of the room. There! Meg shuffled across the old hardwood floors to an aluminum first aid kit latched to the wall, with a logo etched on the front that read, Connor Mining Firm. You find something? Oh, jackpot. We got bandages, gauze, some expired aspirin, and a better splint for your leg. There's also some, some water and cans of, I don't know, something edible, but it looks pretty old. Ugh. Check to see if there's a two-way radio here. It's federal land, so we should be able to call a ranger station or something. 
Meg continued to survey the cabin. A small office nook was nestling toward the back corner of the room, and a single window overlooking the rest of the valley. The last vestiges of the sunset finally fell into darkness. It was beautiful, and in any other circumstance it would have been an absolute marvel of nature. As Megs peered through the nightfall, a faint glow appeared just up the mountain. As the glow grew, it silhouetted another building, about a mile from their current secure resting place. Holy shit, Scott. Oh, damn, are they, are they coming back? No, no, it's, it's not that. I, I've got some good news. And some bad news. Fuck, I was afraid you were going to say that. I'll get the bad out of the way first. Okay, the bad news is, there's no radio or any other way to communicate with anyone outside this cabin, which is super weird. You'd think that if this place was built by this Connor mining firm, they'd have some safety protocols or some way to call for help. Mags, you said there was also some good news? Yeah, sorry. I ramble when I'm under pressure. There seems to be a dirt trail that heads up towards another building. And there's a light on now, so maybe somebody is there that can help. That, that, that's great! I knew you'd be excited. So, the plan. Um, we can try to eat whatever mystery food is in these cans, uh, change your splint, and then get the fuck up that hill for some help. Oh, I am loving this plan. Oh my gods, I did not want to die out here. We still gotta be careful, though. I don't want whoever lives up there to think that we're trespassers and use us as target practice. We might have to get loud or something to get their attention far before we even get close to the house. Hopefully it's just another ranger outpost or something. But with an actual radio. Get loud? Mags, have you lost your mind? If we get loud to get attention, we might also be getting those things to come running as well, which last time I checked is the person with the bum leg. I will not be taking part in, thanks. Scott, I'm going to fix you up and we're going to get out of here. I promise we will not send a personal invitation to those things to come for us, okay? All right. What other choice we got, right? Mags helped Scott get comfortable as they both partook in the water in what ended up being stale canned bread left behind by the previous tenants. They ate mostly in silence, desperate for the nourishment after a day of hiking and the horrors they'd found. After switching out Scott's splint and finding a proper crutch, they prepared for their aggress. Shh. You hear that? It sounds far from here, Scott. Okay, so, here is my plan. I'm gonna throw some of this food as far away from the building as I can, causing a sweet distraction. Then, we make a run for it to the path and book it up that trail. When we get close to the house, we shine our flashlights at the window, and that'll be our way of letting them know that we're coming. No verbal signal, but they know we're coming up the road. And, and you'd think that those bugs wouldn't just come running for the lights. You said they didn't have eyes, right? We can use that to our advantage. Yeah, that's why you make the big bucks. Sing my praises when I get us up there. Fuck! Barbed pincers flailed through the now open window space, slashing about the room. Mags and Scots pressed towards the back wall, dodging long insect arms hacking towards them. The chittering of the creatures rung out, forcing Mags and Scott to shelter their ears. Move along the wall! Get to the front door! Mags and Scott skimmed the back wall, still clutching the sides of their heads. Just feet from the door, Scott stretched to reach the door handle until...
Y'all okay? A gruff voice called in from the darkness as a shotgun barrel slowly pushed the front door open. Please, we need help! In the dust and through the night, an older woman stepped past the doorway. She stood solid, holding a double-barreled shotgun, pointing into the room. Any more of them in here? No! They never got in. Just that one trying to come through the window. Good. The woman stood firm, her eyes darting around the room. Y'all coming, or do you want to stick around and wait for some more to show up? The two moved quickly outside with their hands raised into the night and ran right into a blinding LED lighting system that was hooked up to the front of an old, rusted-out truck. The engine idled as this woman meandered from the cabin and drew against her cigarette, the light glowing red against her cheeks, illuminating a thin grimace across her face. I never asked for this shit. I'm Marianne. This is my fault. <laughs> 